Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Join in on services and classes that will ignite your faith and stir you to go to the next level. There's been a theme this morning and I'm going to go right along with the theme. It was unplanned. But the, the one word title of my message is victory. Say, I am victorious. I am victorious. Say, I'm a, I'm a victor. Say, I was born again, was born again. To, win. to win. You know, we weren't born again. We weren't born to win. We were born into sin. But when we became born again, we became born again to win. Part of, part of what the gospel does, obviously we know that Jesus came and died for us, but it changes our identity. The Bible says we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're a whole new type of being. And we're born again to win. We're born again to win. God wants to establish in the heart of his people, in the spirit of his people, a confidence and a boldness that we are winners. There's no area of life that we lose. We are territory takers. We're not people who retreat. The armor of God, I've heard, you've probably heard it said before, the armor of God doesn't, doesn't have a back plate because we'll never turn and run from the enemy. Doesn't have a back plate. We never turn and run from the enemy. So I believe today as the word is spoken, God's going to put a spirit inside of you of courage, a spirit of victory that will not leave you for all your days. Everyone say once and for all. That's the last time I'm going to ask you to say something with me today. I learned that from my brother. We do sales meetings and everyone say this with me. Say this. It's all we do. Everyone say this with me. I wake up and I'm like, sweetie, say this with me. This is part of, this is part of life. We're going for brunch today. Say this with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. <laughs> Timothy's my older brother. I used to be a lot heavier. I was telling someone today I used to be 240 pounds, not muscle. And so he was always the, the brother who, like, yeah, he was always the more attractive brother. That's debatable these days. He's always the better-dressed brother. That's still true. He, uh, still true. But I'm funnier, so people like me more. It's a fact. I'm more humble, too, so you can... 2 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Traos to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. Verse 13. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 13. And I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from there to Macedonia. Verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. God wants us to know, there's no asterisk by the word always, that we are always victorious. Always. The scripture that my brother read I like in 2 Corinthians. Now unto God who is able to make all grace abound unto me, that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, would abound unto every good work. Sometimes the, the words we can gloss over because of the King James, but look, look at the confidence in these words. He doesn't just say God will do it. He says God will abound. It'll abound. That word abound is used twice in that scripture. Always, all sufficiency, all things. 
We are victorious. We are a people, we're a nation of champions. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus, born for victory, born to take ground, born to take territory. I believe in this place, you know, God is very intentional. That's one of the things I think as a body of Christ that we lack, is God is meant for us to be intentional. God is meant for us to be intentional. God is very intentional. If you start looking at the scriptures that talk about what does God want, the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came with purpose. The Bible also says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus didn't show up on this earth and say, well, what do we, now we're here, I guess. People in my generation go around life, I just want to go through life and have experiences. I just want to get on a, a, I want to backpack and just transport through Europe and just meet people and have experiences. Life's not about money. Life's just about having experiences. Imagine Jesus gets here to planet earth, born, born of a virgin, born of the Holy Spirit. Now what? I guess I'd just like to go out today and just meet some people and just like talk to them and just have some experiences. And no, he came with purpose. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came, he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. Know that when God saves you and pulls you out of darkness, the, he's very intentional about that. He didn't come to leave you. He, didn't, he hasn't not made up his mind about you. He didn't purchase you and think, oh, maybe I'm going to return this. Maybe this, I'm going to take this one back. God's intentional. God wants as many as he can get. The, life becomes a lot more simple in your walk with God when, you, when, when John 10.10 10 becomes a reality. That the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm come to give you life and life more abundantly. God's come with intention. God wants as many people as he can get. I heard someone say that the time we have on this earth now, between being born and death, is the time we have to repent and get our heart right with God. That's what life is about. What's the meaning of life? Get born again, take people with you. That's the meaning of life as a believer. I think part of my message today is about making up your mind. People who make up their mind, like Tim was talking about, it's time to draw the line in the sand. Let's make up our mind. Let's make up our mind that we're going to take territory. Turn with me to Joshua. Chapter 24. Bible says, not in the scripture, the Bible says the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Bible says the word is like a fire that breaks the rock into pieces. Excuse me, a hammer. Bible says the word is like a fire, but it says the word is like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Joshua 24. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, of, the gods with your fathers, which your fathers served on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. God wants you to be intentional. We have to decide and we have to get it cemented in our heart, first of all, that we're serving God. You know, these church services we come together, you can, you can, come, you can do church two ways. I've been going to church since young. I got born again at two years old. I don't remember that. My, my mom t- recants the story for me. 
said she came and she was sitting with me and she talked about how she had told me that Tim had invited Jesus into his heart. And I said, what about my heart? And uh, she prayed the sinner's prayer with me at two years old. You know, when God saved me, I was illiterate. I couldn't carry a job. I couldn't dress myself. God's raised me up. My life is a testimony to the goodness of God. God's done a mighty work in my life. But I was two years old. I remember the first altar call I went up to. I was four years old in South Africa, Durban Christian Center. I remember the call came, and I said, I need to be up there, and I went and I gave my heart to the Lord. I don't have a testimony of going out into the world. I heard a guy give a testimony of thugging, club, thugging, clubbing, and drugging. I can't even say that. I can't even say that as a white person. I don't have that testimony. But you know what I decided? I decided that it's for me. This was before I was married, and I didn't have a house. So I just decided that for me, I was going to serve the Lord. I made a decision in my heart that I don't care what my family does. I remember praying this Lord one time. Lord, I don't care what my family does. I don't care what my brother does. I don't care what my mother does. I don't care what anyone does. I'm choosing to serve you. I'm choosing that your plan for my life is the plan that I'm going to have. I'm setting my course for eternity, Lord. And let, the, let, let me run so fast that the wake that goes with me bring a lot of people with me. I decided I was going to serve the Lord. And I still today choose every day who I'm going to serve. I've set my path. I heard someone once say, imagine what you want your life to look like when you stand before God. That moment after you die. The Bible says it's appointed to man to die one time. And after that is the judgment. But Christ came to bear the sins of many. Imagine that moment and you stand before God. What do you want God to say? What do you want God to say? Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. And work your way backwards from there. Work your life backwards from there. If we're a ship with a rudder, if you know your destination, the rudder's not going like this. I've set my course. I'm a child of God. I don't care what I have to, get, what I have to give up in this life. I've chosen to serve God. So that's the, first, that's the first thing we have to make up our mind. We're going to give you an opportunity in this place that if you said, you know what, I've come to church my whole life because my mom told me to. I've come to church because it's just what we do on Sunday. This is our tradition. If you're in this place and you've never made up a decision, made a decision to I am going to serve God. I don't care what anyone else does. If it's popular or unpopular, it's going to get more unpopular. I'm choosing to serve God. We'll give you an opportunity before the day is done to do that. That's the first decision we have to make. Choose today who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The other thing about coming to a church like this is you have to choose to, to receive from the anointing. You have to choose to receive from the word of God. You know, the Bible says, my son, attend unto my word. Incline your ear unto my saying." Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those who find them and health to their flesh. You know, even as I speak the word of God, there's grace on every single word of God that goes forth. Reach out and grab the grace today. 
This is not just an education. This is life for your spirit. This is health for your flesh. I don't believe we're meant to live discouraged so we can come and get encouraged. That's part of it. That's coming to church. I've already been encouraged just being here. Can I get some water? have to drink spring water. That purified water just doesn't do it. What was I saying? You come encouraged. Thank you. I was testing you. Can everyone hear me okay? We come today and we, we get encouraged, but God wants to instill in our heart a, vict- a spirit of victory, a spirit of overcoming. When you come today, use the word as your meal. This is your, source of, this is your source of energy. Grab the grace on the word. When he says, I'm starting to grab that grace for myself now, when, that God is able to make all grace abound unto me, that I always having all sufficiency in all things would abound to every good work. I'm grabbing the grace off that word for my life. I'm grabbing the power off that word for my life. I'm choosing to let that word come and dictate to my circumstance, come and dictate to my, to my situation, come and dictate to my bank account. Jonah, t- uh, Jonah 2.8 says that he, he said, it says, don't regard lying vanities and forsake the mercy of the Lord. Don't look at your circumstance. I'm here to tell you today that the circumstance that opposes the word of God is a lying vanity. Don't keep your eyes on the lying vanity and, and, and forsake the mercy of God. Choose to look at the word of God. Every time we take communion, I lift the, I lift the, thing, the, the, the blood above my head because I say, you know what? It doesn't matter what, what my body looks like. This thing is above me. This thing has, has say over all of my circumstance. If the Bible says that I'm blessed, then I'm blessed. If the Bible says I walk in courage and I live in courage, then I live in courage. My body may say I'm sick, but the Bible says I'm whole. The word of God says I'm whole. And I grab the grace off that word. And I say, you know what? The devil's crew gets to live discouraged, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And bless God, I'm going to do it joyfully every day of my life. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, and again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. I made up my mind. When he said rejoice always, there was no day that he told me to rejoice. He said always, always, always. Not rejoice when it's going well, rejoice because it has gone well. Because thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. I've decided, I've made up my mind that if this word says it, I'm going to have it. That if the word says I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it. I was praying one time and I've realized that part of my job, my job, my assignment on this earth is to bring Jesus his inheritance. He's, He's paid a price for something. He's paid a price so that all mankind can be saved. My job as a minister of the gospel and my job as a Christian is to bring Jesus his inheritance. That's my purpose. I come to be an extension of Jesus Christ. If Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, I love destroying the works of the devil. I have this picture in my mind of me curb stomping the devil. So that's why I love to get to minister the gospel. Because every time the word goes forth, it's like a hammer and like a fire. And it destroys. There's people sitting in this room that you've carried shame in your life. Shame in your life for too long. And it's going to go today by the word of God. 
There's a scripture that says, Lord, satisfy us in Psalm 90. Satisfy us early so that we can rejoice all of our days. Don't hang on to the shame. Don't hang on to the pain. Don't hang on to the, ter- to the, to the ground the territory has taken. Don't hang on to the sickness. Don't hang on to it. The Lord will come even now and begin to touch your body. Give me your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Even now, the Lord will come and touch your body. Where are you at? You can reach out and receive anytime you want. God is intentional when he comes. God doesn't come to educate you here today. God comes to touch your body. Hallelujah. Reach out by faith and receive. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Whatever you ask God for, he'll give it to you. Place a demand on the presence of God even now. Strength to your body. Peace to your mind. You're not supposed to carry around torment in your mind. You weren't meant to carry those those burdens. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Sorrow-free lives is what we've been called to live. Sorrow-free, sorrow-free, sorrow-free. Healing into this body now in Jesus' name. Hey, longevity into this body now in Jesus' name. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hey, hallelujah, hallelujah. Reach out and receive. Reach out and receive. The Lord's got strength for you. There's a scripture that says, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and strengthened me with strength in my soul. God's got strength for your soul. God's got strength for your soul. You know what darkness is? Darkness is the opposite of light. We've been translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Most of the issues we deal with is spiritual darkness. God comes to bring light today. The Bible says God is the God of hope. He's the God of comfort. Today, God's going to restore comfort. You know, anxiety, anxiety is not a badge you wear to show how productive you are. It's not. Anxiety is for the devil's crowd. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. That's a, that's a commandment. Be anxious for nothing. Come on. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for what? It's Christmas time. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. When I was younger, I went to a Christian school, and we'd go on field trips. And they'd send you home with a permission slip. They'd say, take this to your mom. Get her to sign it so we know that it's okay for you to come, that they approve. And I'd go to my mom, and she'd sign it. And I'd take it back, and then they let me on the bus. God wants to give you a permission slip, a be anxious for nothing permission slip. God's signing permission slips today. I heard a man of God say, I haven't, I haven't stressed about anything for 40 years. I said, amen. I'm taking faith for that. I refuse to be anxious about anything. If the Bible says it, I will have it. If the Bible says it, I'll have it. You know, the truth is, this is about territory. This is about territory. Imagine someone comes and gives you a house. I was born in South Africa. There's a thing called squatting. Someone, you, you have a house. This is my land. You go on vacation, you come back, and there are people who have built houses in your backyard, just chilling, swimming in your pool, eating fruit off your trees, just squatting, just there. You call the police and they're like, well, we got other more important things to do. You figure it out. 
real life. God bless America, land that I love. <laughs> real life. <laughs> Spiritually, we have to make up our mind to let the devil have no territory. You have to decide. Make up your mind. You know what I've made up my mind about? I'm rich. I'm not rich yet. I, we, I, we do all right. But I am rich on the inside. I'm not wealthy yet. But the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and I qualify. I've engaged my heart to serve the Lord. I serve the Lord with my whole heart. I can come boldly. Why? Because I can... In my prayer closet, say, God, you said the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the whole earth, seeking a heart that's, uh, that's completely his, that he may move strongly on their behalf. And I can say, Lord, my heart is completely yours. My hands are clean. My heart is pure. I have engaged my heart to serve God. I started by making up my mind that I was going to serve the Lord. I've made up my mind that I will serve the Lord. I've made up my mind that I'm going to be persecuted for serving the Lord. You know, that's part of it. That's actually part of it. The Bible says you also have the privilege of trusting in Christ, have the privilege of being persecuted for Christ. I've made up my mind already. On Instagram, I follow, I follow different places where it shows the Christians and other nations that are being persecuted. In Nigeria, 6,000 Christians being killed by Muslims since the beginning of the year. 6,000. Keep that before my eyes. The word of God says, remember those who are in chains. You got to watch out. The devil will try to lull you to sleep. Well, there's a war out there. I made up my mind that I'm going to serve God. I've made up my mind the devil will have no territory. And I've made up my mind that as for me, I will be, I will be destruction to the kingdom of darkness. I've made up my mind. This is what I'm here for. You have to make up your mind. The devil tries to get you to think that when you give things up, the whole, whole part of serving God is just giving things up. Oh, we give things up. We give things up. You sacrifice. It's just a life of sacrifice. And it is. There's sacrifices that you make. But we have to understand that God's on our side. That every sacrifice that he calls us to, he has something, he has a reward in mind for us specifically. God, if God calls you to give something up, that he's got something on the other side of it. I remember we would go to Impact at Pastor Allen's house. I remember the one time I was getting, I was getting dressed for it, I went and I started cooking dinner. And I don't remember what I was making, but I was cooking dinner and I, uh, I got ready to sit down. And right as I was about to sit down to eat, I felt the Lord say, skip this meal. And in my head, I'm like, that doesn't make sense because he should have told me that when I started cooking this meal. <laughs> so I was like, I, that ain't the Lord. <laughs> I used to do that. Somehow I thought the Lord was a double-minded man just changing his mind. Lord wants you to fast. And then I wake up and I get halfway through the day and I'm like, well, I prayed and I feel good. And I, you get that just after church feeling like you just feel clean. You just leave church. You're like, man, I feel like... My insides went through the dishwasher, like I just feel nice. And you're like, well, that means this is obviously what the Lord wanted, so I don't really need to fast. And then I would like go and eat something. I'm like, the Lord doesn't just do that stuff. He's not saying one thing and then just 
let's just change this on him. Yeah, you, you proved that you would. He'd go share the gospel with those people. All right, let me, no, I'm scared. Yeah, let me go. And then you get close, and then they're talking to you like, well, the Lord saw that I, nah, he's, he just, I feel good. He just saw that I was willing to at least walk up to him. But, but Lord, send forth laborers. <laughs> Lord doesn't change his mind. The Lord's made up his mind. I think a lot of times the, the body of Christ wavers on things. How many of you guys know that God can heal you? Who would say God is powerful enough to heal your body? I believe it. Let's appropriate that. I've made up my mind. Sickness and disease, they cannot come on my body. Impossible. 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 Why? Because the word said so. The same faith that we used for our salvation. How do you know you're born again? The word says so. How do you know you're rich? The word says so. How do you know? The word says so. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. Make up your mind even in this service. You know, God doesn't come and have, have services like this. We don't put these services together just so you can hear. We put these services. These services come so that you can receive from God, receive from the Lord. Tell the Lord even now, if you're in your seat, I want you to tell the Lord even now what you're looking for, what you're asking God for. You know, Jesus never turned anyone away. He didn't say, come back. That's, I think sometimes that's the issue, is our faith is we believe God can do it, we believe he wants to do it, but either there's something wrong with our faith, or it'll be for some time in the future. I don't see that in the life of Jesus. I see God anointing Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. These moments here are our... Are, 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 are moments where we can connect with God and say, God, by the end of this service, I'm receiving what I came for. By the end of this service, this thing that's plagued me for too long, and your mind will fight you on it, but know that God has come to seek and to save that which is lost. God has come to destroy the works of the devil. I believe specifically, when I prayed about this service, that there's territory that the devil has taken in your life, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your body, there's territory that, you, that the devil has taken that, that it's time to take back. It's time to send the squatters away. It's time to send the devil away and say, I've made up my mind that this is my territory and you can come no further than this, that I'm receiving what God has for me. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. God's given us victory in every area of our lives. Every area every area. I've been saying this lately. Man, I'm rich and getting richer. I'm strong and getting stronger. Hey, and I say it from my chest too. This isn't a, let me pull up my sheet. And hey, this is from my, I'm rich and getting richer. I'm strong and getting stronger. Hey, I'm joyful and getting more joyful. The Bible says that God anointed Jesus the God, the, that, that Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. And for me, I love righteousness. I hate wickedness. I'm the most joyful person I know. I have more fun than anyone I know. Hey. And I will bless the Lord at all times. God wants to put the spirit in you that says, you know what, I'm not looking at what 20 years from now, I'm not wondering if this will work. I don't live a life of what ifs. I live a life that I've chosen to serve God and I've put my place. This is like getting traded from the worst team in the league to the New England. This is like going from the Bucks to the New England Patriots right now. Like who's 5-0 right now? 
What's happening right now? Like you've been traded from darkness into light. You've gone to the winning team. You've gone to the winning team. Stop, stop considering yourself to still be on the losing team. You've gone to the winning team. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Always, always, hallelujah. Man, I love winning. I'll never get sick of winning. I love winning. Man, I'll never get sick of winning. I've decided. I've decided. And you know what I've stopped doing is I've stopped comparing other people's situations to the Word of God. Well, this person believed the Lord for the healing and they didn't get it. You got to stop doing that. This person sows faithfully. You can't go into their heart and see where their faith is, where their heart is. I've come to tell you that if you live a life, if you live a life wholehearted before the Lord and you choose to serve God, that you will have everything in there. My wife and I have decided that we will be examples to our generation of people who serve God and have everything. I was saying that I was praying and I asked, I, I was praying to the Lord and I said, I'm talking about Jesus, bringing Jesus' inheritance. That's my job, bring Jesus' inheritance. And I said, Lord, I want you to have your, I want to bring you your inheritance. I want to bring you your inheritance. And he said, I'll have my inheritance. Will you have your inheritance? Will you have your inheritance? Ephesians 3, let's go there. Ephesians 3. Verse 14. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Verse 16, Ephesians 3:16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit, himself indwelling your innermost being. We're not called to live a life of weakness. Say, I'm strong. I told you I wasn't going to do it, but I lied. Say, I'm strong. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Say, I'm strong. I'm always strong. I will always be strong. When I'm 70, I'll be strong. When I'm 100, I'll be strong. God, sorry, as I was saying 70, I'm like, there are people in here who that's moving backwards for them. That's younger. That's so I've went all the way. Is anyone over 100 in here? When I'm 125. I'll be strong. (laughs) Be strong. It's it's interesting to see that when that when Joshua in verse at the end at the end when he's talking to the Israelites and he said, You can choose, you can do whatever you want, but I've chosen to serve God. The same man who chose that was the one who said, You know what, I'm at 85, said, I'm just as strong today as I was when you first called me at 40. 
When God is with you, your eyes stay strong. Your body stays strong. Your finances stay strong. I'm not trying this thing out. I'm not living a Christianity that's going to try out what's in the Word. I was born again by the Word of God. I say this around my house. If I'm any bit saved, then I'm every bit whole. The same faith, the same anchor of my soul that's, hey, I'm born again. I, who in here knows I've been born again? I'm a Christian. I'm on my way to heaven. That same faith. If you're, if you're even a little bit saved, you are completely healed. You are completely provided for. It's the same word of God. It's the same word of God. It's the same word of God. Receive strength today. Receive strength in your spirit today to never live a life from a place of defeat. You are not a loser. You were born again to win. You are a winner. You are a brand new type of creation. Get it out of your head that there will ever be a time in your life that you will begin to lose. We go from glory to glory to glory to glory, getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. God wants us to live a life of strength. Ephesians 1. Let's go back. Ephesians 1, 17. Verse 16, cease, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I'm going to translate that. God wants you to know him. God isn't playing games. He isn't hiding. God wants to give you a spirit to understand his word. God wants your eyes to be opened. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God wants you to see. God wants you to understand plainly that when he paid for your life, yes, he paid for you to go to heaven. And that's the best gift. Jesus said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The greatest gift I've ever received was eternal life. Because it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the most eternal thing. It's the one that counts the longest. It's the greatest gift I could ever receive. That's why we're able to, when, you're, when your heart and your life is rooted, uh, rooted and grounded in eternity, that's why things become to not matter. Money is important on this earth. On this earth. But in about 100 years from now, there's probably not one person, unless we're in the millennial reign with Christ, who will be on this earth. It's not one. So it's temporary. Money's here to get something done. Same with this body. This body is here to get the job done. So God comes to touch our body so that we can be servants. God comes to touch our money so that we can be blessed and we can be servants. But ultimately, the greatest gift is eternal life, is having peace with God. That's it. That's the greatest gift. But it's once we have that gift to understand that part of the inheritance that we have the territory. Someone comes and says, here's your house. These are the markers. The devil's whole thing is to come and move the markers. Move the markers. Take away territory. Take away territory. Take away health. Take away relationships. Take away marriage. Take your peace. There's people in here. God designed you to live in peace. He's Jehovah Shalom. He says, I'll keep him in continual peace whose mind has stayed on me. How about that? Continual peace. Peace every day. 
Peace every single day. Actual peace. 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 You, some people in here don't even know what I'm talking about when I say the peace of God. There's an actual peace that comes from God where nothing disturbs you or unsettles you. Why am I grounded? Because I'm standing on the word. God wants to restore peace today. Today. Religion wants to always put this off for next year. Hey, let me tell you what's yours. Go figure out how to go get it. I believe the power of God today will come to restore peace to your life, to restore courage to your heart today, to restore health to your body. If Je- I always ask myself this. If Jesus was here, what would this service look like? If Jesus was still on the earth, what would this service look like? This is what God comes to do today. You can do church two ways. I grew up going to church because I was told to. It's my mom, and she made us go, and I'm grateful for it. She used to spank us when we were kids and say, one day you'll thank me for this. I was like, that's a lie. And now I'm so grateful, publicly, thank you for spanking me all those times. I'm grateful for those. Verse 18, Ephesians 1. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. God wants you to know that you have an inheritance on this earth. And for us, we have to start, we have to just make up our minds. You know, if God says I'm going to have it, I'm going to have it. I said this when I ministered a week and a half ago, a week and a half, whatever, two weeks ago, the Sunday night. I'm choosing to have it. Say this with me. Say, I'm quick to believe. I'm not slow to believe. If God said it, I'm going to have it. I'm quick to believe. I don't second guess the word. Health is mine. Healing is mine. Prosperity is mine. Doesn't that feel good? Hey. I want to give you permission to close your eyes on your circumstances. To close your eyes on your circumstances. Say, Lord, I know that my circumstance is saying this, but your word says that this is a lying vanity. I don't forsake your mercy. Lord, I choose to keep my eyes on your word. I keep my eyes on your word until it becomes my reality. Until it becomes my reality. I believe God wants to use people. God's going to start to raise people up, as he's done for Tim and I, and raise people up and and make them examples of his goodness. He started with Paul and said, hey, Paul even said it. He said, I was the chief of sinners. God started with me so that people could know there's no one who who can't be born again. I heard a pastor, one of the pastors here say, avail yourself to God. Avail yourself to God. If you make yourself available to God, He'll take your life. You know what God's in the business of doing? He's in the business of dignifying people. The thing that the world looks at and says, looks down on and says, oh, but they got this wrong. Their family's falling apart. God will use that and take that life and beautify it. Make it beautiful. That's what God does. God establishes people. You may feel like your life's been on this roller coaster. Their life's been on this unbalanced thing. But God, God, God comes to establish you. The Bible says we're a tree planted by the rivers of living water. 
planted. You're not a little succulent in the windowsill that can be moved around. You're a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit, strong. The Bible talks of it being an oak of righteousness where the birds of the field can come and get shade. God wants to establish you. God wants to turn your life around. If you avail yourself to God and make a fresh decision today, I believe there's people in here that you've been coasting in your relationship with God. And you say, I'm choosing, first of all, with my whole heart to serve God. And then I'm choosing to let God take this around. I'm choosing to let there be no territory in my life, not in my finances, not in my family, not in my health, not in any part of my life that the devil is going to take ground. I've decided. I've drawn the line in the stand. You've gone this far and you're going no further. And then you start to take ground by the word. You start to take ground by the word. Grab the grace off the word of God. Lord, I thank you. You know, I think sometimes we underestimate the word. That's why it's so important to have a prayer life. Because this is how we do battle. The Bible says it's the, sword of, it's the sword of the spirit. But we take this word and from our hearts we pray. Lord, I thank you that your word says... I don't care what my circumstances say. I don't care what my circumstances say. I'm choosing to take ground. And then my last point is humility, is be humble. Be humble. The Bible says in the book of James that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you want to know how to access everything God has for you? Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. Who here created themselves? Nobody. Who here is making themselves a home in heaven? Nobody. Who here has brought them to where they are? Who here gave you, it was God himself that gave you even just the heart to be able to receive from him. The fact that you were able to receive salvation, the Bible says, is the work of the Holy Spirit. The fact that you were able to humble your heart to receive the gift of eternal life is the work of the Holy Ghost. We owe everything to Almighty God. There's nothing. I hear people, I'm in, we're in business, we're in sales, and so we hear all this like, all this uh, self, what is it, Tim? Self, self-help books, these self-help books, and it's like, it's all this mental motivation. Tony Robbins, can't stand it can't stand it. I've decided I'm going to be outspoken about what I believe. I got a call. I, I changed insurance companies the other day. I had Progressive and I went to Allstate. Am I allowed to say stuff like this on the internet? No one told me not to. I changed companies and, and they were on the phone and it was my new Allstate agent and then they called Prog uh, Progressive to change and they said, um, okay, can, can we ask you why you are changing companies? for your car insurance, or is there anything we can do better? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. Allstate is actually costing me more money, but you guys support Planned Parenthood, so that's the reason I'm leaving. So the moment you stop supporting Planned Parenthood, I would consider coming back. And they said, how about, in, would you like us to call you back in five months for a new quote? I'm like, I don't think, I don't think those changes happen that fast, so don't worry about it, I'll call you. And then the guy on Allstate, He's like, hey, Ryan, you're paying six months at a time. Um, just so you know, if you, I'm sitting there across the table from my wife. Just so you know, if you, if you get towards the time when the payments come due, 
and you don't have the money, you can call us and we'll hold, the, hold it and we can do it a month at a time. And I muted the phone and I looked at my wife and I'm like, that'll never happen. And then I just had this like anger inside of me. I don't know, I was feeling, I don't know, I, yeah. I, and I unmuted, I was like, hey Chris, just so you know, that will never happen. I will never not have the money for $1,200 of insurance. I'm loaded. And then he just laughed and he's like, he's like, okay, well we serve all different types of people. I'm like, yeah, you know, I grew up in a home where it was hand to mouth and we, we barely got by and I decided that as for me and my wife, we are going to be rich all the days of our life. <laughs> I've decided and I don't care. I'm not making excuses anymore. I've made up my mind. When you have a heart, the truth is though that people get nervous to ask God for things. People get nervous to ask God for things because their heart's not fully invested in the gospel. I've been saying this to my wife. There'll come a time where we don't ever think about money, just about what we can give. Because the Bible's clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. I'm not gonna spend, I'm not gonna spend any mental time on money at all because I've decided to seek first God's kingdom. It's, it comes. In the same way I made a vow to God that I would dance before him every day of my life. And it's for me, that's my health insurance policy because I know as long as I dance before the Lord every day, he's gonna wanna keep me healthy. He's gonna wanna keep these knees bending and these hands have full range of motion. I can't be on the sick bed dancing before the Lord, but I've decided I'm gonna praise the Lord every day in my life. My insurance policy is, is I'm a child of God and I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've made myself, I've attached myself to the kingdom of God and it's in God and his kingdom's best interest to keep me healthy, wealthy, and well. When you commit your life to serve God wholeheartedly, when you choose today who you're gonna serve, all those other things go away. Sure, we still pray, Lord, I'm believing for this. We, let, we make our requests known. But I've committed my heart to serve God. Committed my heart to serve God. I decided long ago that whatever I was gonna do, I was gonna do with all my might. The other day, I shouldn't tell this. The other day, Krista calls me into the, um, into the patio and says, hey, can you come help me? I have a big, a big, 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 big favor to ask of you. And I'm like, oh boy, she's gonna have me like digging a ditch in the backyard. My mom used to do this to me when I was little. We'd wake up on a Saturday morning. She'd knock on our doors at like 7.30 in the morning. And it was our video game day when we were kids. And she'd be like, hey, I promised so-and-so that you'd help him move, so they're gonna be here to pick you up. And I'm like, this is, mom, you, this is terrible. You could have, you do not understand how much video games I was planning on playing today. Like, this is my mom. Ryan, can you wake up Saturday morning happy? She says, hello, Ryan, can you dig me a ditch in the backyard? Like you, as a 14 year old, I just, all I ever want to do is play video games and I'm digging a ditch in the backyard. Remember, you got to mow the yard. And so this is when Krista says, I've got a big, big favor to ask you. And I come in and she's like, I said, okay. And she's like, can you remove my toenail polish from my toes. And I said, uh, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but sure. And so I get down there and I'm sitting there by her feet. And she's like, this is the closest we've ever been to you washing my feet, like the Bible says to do. So this is about as close as we'll probably get. And I'm cleaning her, and I look up and she's got her 
Instagram story. Just <laughs> husband on his knees, washing. Feminists would be proud. Washing it, cleaning her toes. And at the end, she looks, she's like, you did a really good job. The, you were very thorough. And I said, what? I serve God. I do everything with my whole heart. It doesn't matter what it is. I do it with my whole heart. I don't, I don't know how to be lazy about things anymore. I do not understand how that works. I do not understand half effort. I don't get it. I, I've, when, I, when my heart, man, the, the, in sales, we talk about motivation. People come and they, where did my water go? People come, man, mouth gets dry up here. People talk about motivation, and you see people who come and they work, and their only motivation is to make money. And you see once they start making money that that motivation dries up. And then you see them flounder. And the, same, and the enthusiasm they had when they started was gone. And then you see people and they got to find another motivation. But I found that the deepest well of motivation that you could ever find is that I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account for my life. And I want him to be able to look back over the last 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years and say, you served me with your whole heart. You did it with your whole heart. You gave with your whole heart. Doesn't matter how many it was. When I started in Bible school here, there weren't scholarships. We had a thing called work study. 16 hours a week, you were, got into a department. I started Bible school at 16 years old, and I got selected for janitorial. That was my job. And here I was, 16 hours a week, cleaning the bathrooms in there cleaning the bathrooms, mopping up. Cleaning the women's bathroom was a revelation. <laughs> Some of y'all. This is the house of God. Y'all need to respect <laughs> you go in there like that. Y'all laying. Lay your sorrows down, your burdens down, and a whole lot of other things down when you go in there. Leave that place a mess. I don't know who does janitorial now, but... <laughs> but be faithful. Be faithful. I told you. I told you. Come on. Funnier. Way funnier. <laughs> Wasn't joking. But be faithful. Choose. Make up your mind. The devil's day, the devil's time in my marriage is finished. Finished. It's finished. If God says I can have it, I'm going to have it. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. There's a scripture that says, make straight paths for your feet. Part of the onus is on us, too. Begin to set your course for the freedom of the Spirit of God. Some of you guys need to start having a prayer life. Like wake up and actually pray. Like spend time praying in tongues every day. Spend time in the word every day. Make straight paths for your feet. The Bible says cleanse yourselves from all unrighteousness. That's on us. Begin to choose the right people. Some of you would be in a great place spiritually if it wasn't for the friends you've chosen. It's a fact. What's more important to you, those friends or eternal life? I want to tell you that anyone you give up, God will use you. God will use you, and you will make an impact on people. Not only will you go to heaven, but he'll begin to use you. He'll begin to use you. 
I have friends that I grew up with that I served God and I started going full on for God and they didn't and they went this way. But you know what I know? Is that God answers my prayers and those people are all going to come into the kingdom of God. So don't look at like I need to be in. You're struggling with things, falling into sin with this crowd and saying, oh, I'm here to witness to them. Come out from among them. Let God do a work in your life. And then ask God to use you. If you make yourself available to God, he'll use you. He'll use you. But choose. Decide. Make up your mind. The Bible's term for make up your mind is purpose in your heart. You know, the Bible says when we give, we should give as we've purposed in our heart. Don't give reluctantly. God, God wants you to be happy about giving. Not sorrowful. God doesn't respond to sorrowful giving. God responds to cheerful giving. I give my life cheerfully. Turn with me to 1 John. Chapter 5. Thank you. Mm. You know, the anointing is the difference maker. That's it. When we understand that the devil's whole purpose is to take us out, to bring destruction, and to, to take, God wants as many people as he can to make it to heaven, that's God's work. God is a person of work. God is a man of work. God is a laborer. So is the devil. And their, their, their purpose is each, both of them are to have you. But the anointing is the difference maker. The devil tried to attack our lives. He did attack our lives. My father took his own life when I was three years old. Committed suicide. He attacks. But what he did not account for is coming to this church and being a place to receive from the anointing of God to receive from the presence of God. It's the difference maker. Every good gift and perfect gift is coming from above. You don't even understand what God is doing in your spirit now as, as the word goes forth. You coming, even with the upcoming camp meeting, coming and, and just choosing. There will be excuses that will come why you shouldn't come to this camp meeting. There will be ones and you'll want to miss. But when you purpose, you know what? I'm getting everything God has for me. What God begins to do in your heart by the anointing, what God begins to change and form in your heart by the anointing, that's what God does. He's in the work of dignifying people. He's in the work of taking what's broken and healing it. This is what he does. This is who he is. Choosing to come and sit under this ministry. And I'm so grateful my mom came when we were, I was 13 years old back in 99 when we came. Right, right at my 13th birthday is when I joined this church. I'm 32 now. Last 19 years, being under this anointing, being under the presence of God. And having the anointing change your life. If you get hungry for the presence of God, if you get hungry for the presence of God, that's where your peace comes from. That's where your joy comes from. That's where your healing comes from. God respects hunger. God respects hunger. God cannot deal with pride. People who aren't hungry in the presence of God, either you just ate too big of a meal, like I was talking about there where I, I, I said the Lord told me to skip that meal. The end of that story was I didn't skip it. I ate that meal 
And I went to Impact, and I was, like, trying to receive from the Lord with this full stomach and, like, got nothing the whole night. I was like, well, t an hour and a half after my food had digested. Some of y'all just need to not eat a huge meal before you come to church, and you wonder why you can't. You've just said, God, I want, I want, I'm hungry for you, but I'm going to fill my body so full that I can't think about anything else but by how full I am sitting there like that. So there's some practical things to receiving from God. If you eat too much, you have your body, you have your spirit, and you have your soul. And if you feed your body so much, you basically said, my body gets the throne. And my spirit, well, hopefully I'll receive something. That's why fasting is important. We've heard about that. But choose to put your spirit on the throne. Choose to make some small sacrifices. We're not here in Nigeria sacrificing our lives for the gospel. If you're going to go and receive in camp meeting, eat till you're 80%, not 120% full. A little practical thing I've learned along the way. Who's with me? Who, who, who here has eaten too much and come sat in church like, why is this so boring? Why can I not? He's saying stuff that I feel like I should be crying to right now, like I should have been crying by now. But my stomach's just like, ah, thanks for giving me first place. First John. First John 5. I'm going to wrap up with this. First John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. God has built you, God has designed you for victory. God has built you and designed you to win. God has built you and designed you to take territory. God has built you and designed you to overcome. Let's make up our mind to be overcomers, to be winners. Choose this day, choose this day, choose this day, choose this day. It starts with a decision. I'm choosing, I'm choosing to serve God. I'm choosing to serve God. I want every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. You know, our part is always response. Our part is always response. God is very clear in this word that you have to make up your mind. You have to purpose in your heart. There are people in this place. I'm going to give a call, but there are people in this place that you've never made a decision to serve God. Maybe you came to church your whole life because your parents brought you here, because your parents brought you. Maybe it's just what you do. Whatever reason it is that you're in this place, there are people in here who have never made a decision. You know what? I, I am choosing to serve God. Life on earth is not as important as eternal life. I am choosing to serve God. I'm choosing to make Jesus Lord of my life. There's a clear distinction. There's a, there has to come a point where you say, I am choosing to serve God. We're going to pray here in a few minutes. We're going to give you an opportunity to, to make a public declaration of your faith. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. The plan of God starts with accepting Jesus Christ. Making a decision, purposing in your heart, making up your mind. There are other people in this place who have made a decision before. 
who at one point called on the name of the Lord and were saved. But if you could be completely honest with God, the Bible says that all things are open unto his sight. There's nothing that he doesn't see. If you could be completely honest with God, you would say, you know, my heart is not right with God. I've got sin in my life. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. These altar calls are a chance where we can come and place our life back in the hands of Jesus. People who have never received Jesus, maybe you're in this place and sin's crept in, wrong relationships have come. You've even allowed yourself to do things that you would never have imagined when you got born again. You once were on fire for God. You once loved God. You once were the first one coming to church. But now you've, you've been hurt. Maybe a hurt or an offense has come. And now you find yourself dragging on the way to church, not even excited to come, not serving God with your whole heart. God wants to restore to you the joy of your salvation today. Or maybe you're in this place and you're not sure. I said, hey, if today, if tonight we stood before God Almighty, would he say, well done, or would he say, depart from me? And you say, I'm not sure. Then today, you can be sure. You can make up your mind. You can purpose in your heart, as Joshua did, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have to be able to be real with God. Because there's coming a day when we stand before him, and there'll be no one to, to pass the baton to. There'll be no excuses to make. We'll stand before God. We want that to be a good day. If you're in this place and you've never invited Jesus into your life, I want to give you an opportunity, the best decision you'll ever make. From the time you're born to the time you die, it's the time you have to get right with God, to make a decision to get right with God. I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care what my family's doing. I am choosing to serve God. Or you're in this place and you're not where you once were. You've, you're, you're, there, there was a time when you served God with your whole heart but you've let yourself grow cold. This, this call is for you. Or maybe you're just not sure. If you're in this place, we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray with you and for you. But on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Be honest with God. He's the one you're talking to. He's the one you're standing before right now. On the count of three, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. All over this building, I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. The most important decision you'll ever make. Thank you, I see your hands. There's people the Lord's tugging on your heart. People have been longtime Christians. You say, you know what, my relationship with God has not been with all of my heart right lately. You have to be real with God. The Bible says he wants truth in the inward parts. Thank you, I've seen your hands. He wants truth in the inward parts. You have to be wholehearted with God. If you've allowed sin in your life, you need to make a stand. You know what these altar calls are good for? getting rid of the fear of man out of your life. If your heart's beating right now as I'm calling, if your heart's beating, this calls for you. Raise your hand. With every head bow and every eye closed. Raise your hand. Thank you, I see your hands. Everybody can look at me. If you're in this section and you didn't raise your hand but you want to be included in the prayer, I'm going to pray. Lift up your hand, I'm going to pray for you. The Lord calls to you today. The Lord calls to you today. You never know when that day comes where you'll stand before the Lord. 
One of the characteristics of being humble. Thank you, I see your hands. One of the characteristics of humbling yourself before God is being quick to repent. The longer you allow a sin in your life, the deeper of a hold it gets. I come back and I haven't been out in the garden in a long time and there's weeds that have turned into trees. They're actually tree size now. That's what sin does. It digs roots and it digs down deep. If you've allowed sin in your life to be undealt with, I don't care who you are in this place. I don't care how well other people know you. God wants to deal with that. He wants to come and burn that out. But you have to be honest. If you're in this place, raise your hand if you want me to pray for you. You didn't raise your hand on that first call. In this section back here, I don't know if it's still called the pie section, but raise your hand if, you've, if, you, want to re- if you want to receive Jesus, rededicate your life or make sure. Raise your hand. In the middle here, if you didn't raise your hand on that first call and you want me to be included in that prayer, I want to pray, raise your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. If you're in this place, in this section, and you didn't raise your hand or in the pie back here, the half a pie, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you and for you. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. I, th- I love it when people are honest with God. Thank you. I see your hand. You got to be honest with God. It's the first part. You got to be honest with God. You know, he's the only one who could forgive your sins. I can't do that for you. He's the only one. If you raise your hand on any one of those calls, I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. Stand with me. Bring your, bring your belongings with you and come down to the altar. We're going to pray. Everybody stand. They raise their hand. We're going to pray. Come on down. Come on down. with you. There are people here that raise your hand. Come on down. This is between you and God. Thank you. There's more people. There's more people. Come on down. Listen, if your heart is beating right now and your mouth's gone dry, this calls for you. You have to be born again. You must be born again. God doesn't play games. Don't play games with God. If you've left sin, say, unkept in your, uh, unchecked in your life, come and deal with it at the altar. I said this two weeks ago. The altar call is where you can come and give God what you've done wrong and he'll come and give you what he has for you. You give him what you have and he'll give you what he has. God sent his son Jesus, this was part of the terms and conditions. This was part of it, repentance. Repentance. Repentance is not a one-time thing. If you've never invited Jesus into your heart, then we're going to pray. I'm going to say welcome to the family. Or repentance is where you can humble yourself before Almighty God and say, God, I need you to work in my life. I need to be right with you. I don't care what people think. I don't care if it be evil in your sight to serve God and you choose to serve this God or that God. 
But I've chosen in my heart. I've purposed in my heart. I've made up my mind. I'm choosing to serve the living God. And I will never turn back. For up here, raise your right hand with me. We're going to pray. Say this with me with your heart. Mean it with your heart. Say it from your chest. Say it out loud. Say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Be my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Jesus. I give you my whole life. I believe you died and rose again. I choose to serve you. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. And I'm going to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Burn out everything that's not of you. I give you my whole life. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to say welcome to the family of God. Thank you, you too. You reach over here. Bless you. Bless you. I want to say welcome to the family of God. If you've never called on the name of the Lord, I want to tell you you've made the best decision. And like I said earlier, make a decision that no matter what you do in your life, life is not about paying bills. Life is about being right with God. God will pay your bills for you. God will help you. When you choose to serve God with your whole heart, when you make a decision, the world may try to think you're crazy, try to make you feel like you're crazy, but when you make a decision to serve God and you put yourself on the right path, God will take care of everything. As you've chosen today, and I believe you meant it with all your heart, I believe this is a room full of people who are intentional about their lives, that say, you know what, my cousins can do anything they want, my brother can do whatever he wants, my family can do whatever they want, but I've chosen to serve God. I've chosen, to, I've chosen eternal life first over everything else. Welcome. It's a good day. 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 Hey, yeah. This is the joyful moment. And don't let the devil tell you that you're just a sinner saved by grace. Because according to the word of God, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When God looks at you, he doesn't see any mistake you've ever made. He sees holy. He sees the blood of Jesus. Who in here would be willing to say that Jesus is holy? You've got his blood on you, so you're holy too. You're holy too. You're no longer a sinner. You're a child of God. Child of God. I want to encourage you that if you don't have a home church to go to, to plug in here. This may be your home church already. Plug in here. I want to encourage you that if you've been plugged in here a while, start to invite people. One of the changes in my relationship with God came when I started to reach out. It wasn't just about my walk with God. I started to bring people. Start to bring people. Call people. Hey, come to church with me on Sunday. And just bug them about it. You can't come to church on Sunday? Man, come to church on Sunday. Come to church on Sunday. Bug them about it. Don't be shy about it. We want these people in heaven. The Bible says that there's a marriage supper of the Lamb coming. I'm looking forward to that day when all the angels cook for us. But I want as many people there as we can get. I want all of you there, and I want all your friends and all your family. 
I want the tables to be full because they don't run out of food in heaven. Let's bring them in. Time is short. Amen.